All right, we're live, and my name is Paul Osgood, and this is Off the Couch. You're listening to 88.9 FM, KUCI in Irvine, and this show is Off the Couch. And today we're going to talk to the venerable Coach Sumner when we come back. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Okay, we're here. Uh, welcome, Coach uh, Sumner. How are you doing today? I'm First, doing great. You're doing great. First, let me read a few things about you. I got this off the Internet. If you could pull the mic up to you so I could see it All a little right. close. You'll hear yourself. You'll hear yourself. Thank you very much. Uh, this guy's actually a big fish. Uh, you know, when I talk about uh, uh, one of the things I talk about here on, on Off the Couch is there's so many activities out here, and uh, there are people that are so deep into the sport uh, that they don't know that the there's someone that they're running by or biking by or wherever on the bikeway is the guy, and uh, I've run by you a million billion times on my bike or, or cycled and and I didn't know you were the guy. And someone told me I bumped into you at, at just about every run there is, and uh, so um, if anybody's going to epitomize what what I'm talking about when I say that, it's you. But first, let me start off with uh. uh Introducing Coach Bill. Uh, Coach Bill Sumner is the president of the Cal Coast Track Club, coach for track and field and cross-country teams at Corona Del Mar High School, and a leader in the running community for over 35 years. He has led the Corona Del Mar teams to 14 interscholastic foundation championships, eight state and two national titles. Now, this is old. Am I missing anything? This is old, yeah. We probably have 18 CIF titles and nine state titles. Okay. We, we were the winningest program until last Sunday. Now, somebody over. Oh, well, 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 let's just, uh, I didn't want to know that. Denial. Um, coach Sumner was ESPN's National Coach of the Year for 2000. Uh, California State Coach of the Year in eight, 1989, and named Co- Orange County's Coach of the Year in 2000, 2001, and 2009, and a 2008 finalist for National High School Athletic Coaches Association Coach of the Year Award. Coach Sumner has coached 27, like I said, this old, is, is that true? That's the same. Still 27. 27. Trial, uh, Olympic trial qualifiers, and has coached at the U.S. Olympic training camp four times, and... He's an awesome dancer. Oh, what are you bringing in the dance? Yeah, I'm bringing we in. Talk about running. Uh, yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> You're gonna bring up the Casey Kasem show from yeah. a long time ago. Oh, Casey Jackson and the boys. Yeah, I actually looked that up, and I was I was looking for you because I was gonna play that on the oh, on the goodness. on the way out. But the, um, oh wait, first I gotta. So, uh, first of all, um, one thing I wanted to talk about was. Uh, a lot of people listening, because you know the, the clubs are listening right now, uh, they're into running. This is their sport. And, but what we're here to talk about is to get people into something. You know, like a, I, uh, I interview cyclists. Get off the couch, right? Right. After your program, about get off the couch or get them off the couch. So I want to talk about, uh, first question I'm going to ask you is, is um, why running? Why am I here talking to Coach Sumner about running? And why aren't you, I don't know, a who, a well, surfer you know or or a cyclist? What? I don't know. But you know what? You you said a couple of things that the big fish. I don't know who the big fish is. I'm just a guy sitting in this chair here. But but it, when you go about the running, the the reason running is think about this. Every time I try to put more than about five guys on the court in a basketball game, they kick me out. Okay. I only get five guys at a time. All right. So with running, I can get everybody in the game. And I love high school sports. Okay. So with high school sports, you know, on a track meet, there's 14 events. There's 16 events now if you if you have pole vault. But there's 16 events now, and you can have three kids in each event. So 
three times 16 and you have five divisions, you can get a lot of kids in, in the deal. And with running, if you go to a 5K or a 10K or a half marathon or a marathon, anybody can do it, and a lot of people can do it. A so lot that's of why running, because I, I want everybody to get out there and do this stuff. When you said all that stuff, and that's probably too much stuff, and it is old, and it's not stuff that we really care about. What we really care okay. about are you going to get off the couch and run tomorrow. Right. That's what we really care about. Right. It, it, yeah, I'm trying to get people where, yeah, yeah, I'm talking to people where their training program as they run a minute and then they rest a year. Yes. Yeah, and we're trying to talk like, what's, what's going on with them that they are, what are they doing wrong? What, what, what can I do? That's the Jeff to get? Galloway program, Plan B. Jeff Galloway, Plan B. Plan B. Plan A is you run four minutes, you take off, a, you run four minutes, you walk a minute, and then you do that, and you train for something. But the, the problem is that it, it, I, my, one of my things I say is dare to take the first step. Take the first step. Try to get a string going. And when that string is broken, I don't care if you want to walk one day in a row. Next time, try the two days in a row, and then three days in a row. And it's what you have to do is you have to get started. So dare to take the first step. We'll help you with the rest. But get started. Find somebody to do it with. Right. Okay, you find somebody to do it with. Find somebody at your level. Or, you know, go out and get started. And once you're comfortable, you can do it. Find, bring, go get somebody to bring them with you. Right. You know what I mean? There's a lot of ways to do this. Well, like for my wife and I, this is, was our thing for yeah. 10 weeks. We found like a, we were looking at couch for to, to 5K programs. Yeah. One of them was like a, we found in like a triathlon for dummies. Yeah. We found this program. It's, it's one of those where, you know, you you run for 15 seconds and then you, you know, walk and then you and then the, the, the walking gets less and the running gets more. Exactly. And that was our thing. I mean, it, it was, we, we, it became our thing that we did together. You know, when we and built each other up. that's the best way to do it. You know, the, the, the more people you have around you doing the same thing. Right. You know, similar, similar interests, si- similar people. Right. It's, it's a win-win every time. And, and every you, single time. And, like, uh, you're big on uh, knowing each other's names. I, it's a game I play, and I, it's kind of funny. Everybody goes, how do you know everybody's names? Because I repeat them all the time. When you get my age, you've got to do something so you can remember the names, right? A mnemonic. I just, yeah. like, I just like knowing people's names. Like, when you... You said this yourself. I'll be running down the road, down the bike trail, down the trail, whatever, and somebody will run by me and say, hey, coach, what's up? And I'll look, and if I recognize them, I say hi, and if I know their name, I'm going to say it. Right. If I don't know their name, I say, hey, what's going on? You know, or just make sure some, some kind of contact. And sometimes when a guy comes by on a bike and he's got a helmet and the same blue and white and tight pants and outfit that the other guy had that just rode by me a minute ago, right. and he said hi, so i got to listen to the voice. Because the voice will help me identify the person. Because right. you guys on the bikes all look the same. Right. 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 You know, it's a whole different, biking's a whole different deal. But but knowing somebody's name, hey, Paul, how's it going? Doesn't that feel good? It does. Like Dale Carnegie says yeah. that. You, you know, like uh, people like to hear their name. I you like say it. it and I like it. So I make people practice people's names. And I pick on people a lot. And I do it by using the names. And then I make them pick on each other by using their names. But what I like about that is uh, the, the one thing I like about the, like the 5Ks and all these is, or, or your purpose for learning the name is so that we can encourage each other. So you're standing out there, you know, on when someone else is running, and you're going, "Hey, you know, hey, 10, Austin, yeah. you know, people out Jessica." There and somebody says, "Way to go!" They're not talking to you. Way to go, Paul. Yeah, oh, that guy was talking to me. Right. Right. So whole different deal. So there's there is something to be said about training with others because they do kind of like Learn they the pull names. you along. Yeah, it, that's right. And encourage it, everybody. It, encourage each other. They, that's the one thing about running or any kind of uh, recreational sport. I, I say running, but 
biking's the same. I watch the bikers. They're the same. The surfers are the same. The difference is there are fewer, fewer of them, and sometimes they're underwater. Okay. So it's hard to talk when you're underwater, but runners and bikers are uh, it's almost the same breed. So why did you get started in running? I mean, why why running? Well, the bad as a, news, as I a runner, programs this kind of program because my I want now I'm in running for fitness. Okay. But I originally got in running to stay out of gangs, and okay. it was like my uncle said, "Hey, you're you're doing a sport, pick one," and he'd just find a sport. If there was you know basketball, there wasn't organized basketball games when I was eight years old, and there wasn't. You know, organized baseball. Uh, little League, we got in a Little League. When eight years old, we got in a Little League, and we did that. But when Little League was over, then it was like, what are we looking for? So my uncle would find track meets, and he'd take me to them. Right. He'd take me to the track meets, and it was so interesting because I would try to win an event, and, and if I won, I got all excited, and I wanted to come back and do it again. But anytime I lost, I'd change events. I was one of those guys. Okay. So, you know, and, and as an eight-year-old, you can understand that. Within running, you mean? I would go over and do the long jump. I lost the 50-yard dash to a guy named Kevin McNair once. And when I lost the 50-yard dash, I said, I'll take him in the 100. So I raced him in the 100. He beat me in the 100. And so next time I saw Kevin at a track meet, and he coached here for about 20 years. And I saw, I raced him when he was 8 years old. Oh, <laughs> that's, how, that's how you remember him. That's how you remember him because he beat me. But what happened was is Kevin beat me a couple of times. And so every time I'd go to a little track meet, and they'd be months and months apart, but I'd see this little redheaded guy, and I'd go, I don't want to race him. I want to win. So I would go to to a farther race, a 330, which used to be, I don't know if anybody knows it, but it's 300 meters now, but it used to be a 330 right. or a 660. But I'd just go to farther and farther. Before I got out of high school, I ran a marathon because I wanted to win, but I didn't realize that everybody runs a marathon. So I went back and just started doing the events that were fun. So, so uh, you, someone got you into this, yeah, and, you, and, and you picked someone, and, and you had a picture in your head, I'm going to beat that guy. Every time. Now, if that guy didn't exist, if he wasn't there, if he went to another school... I'd find another guy. You'd find another I'd guy. I'd hunt him down. But aren't you glad he was around? I mean, this I'm guy was around? So, I'm totally glad. There was a guy I chased in high school named Gary Tuttle. Okay. And Gary Tuttle was, uh, he ended up going to the Olympics. I never beat him. I chased him for 20 years and never beat him. But it was it was fun to chase people. Okay. Um, in those days, I was a little more competitive. It was fun to chase them. Right. And I still have that. I mean, I'm looking for right now, I'm going to turn 65 here in a couple of weeks. Wow. I'm looking for every 65-year-old I can find that's, that's faster than me. Okay? Right. But I'm also getting all this the 65-year-olds and the 60-year-olds that are around me, ahead of me, behind me, whatever, to keep going. Just Let's just keep going, guys. You know, there's a, fu uh, a funny thing about the sport is that uh, y you're happy for the guy. Happy as could be. You, you know, no, it's kind of weird. Like, you're, you're trying to beat the guy, but you're happy for him at the same time, and someone got your, like, hey, good for you. Yeah, I want to kick the tar out of him, but if I beat him, he's buying me breakfast. If he beats me, I'll buy him breakfast. Yeah, there you go. But we, we kind of push each other and pull each other and, and lead each other on and... Uh, and uh, I, I don't know. I, there was one time I tried out for a sport. I went to a, you know, grew up in a football, you know, factory football. kind of town in, in one of those. And uh, I tried out for football, and they weren't nice to me. It was like, you know, it was like, get out of here. Who are you? You know. I played football for a while. And it, uh, it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's probably the most fun game out there. I don't know. Football and basketball are more fun. Right. But they're limited. You know, 11 guys get out on the field. And, and let's think about this, okay? The next 5K... I want you to go, and I want you to look at the sidelines and tell me how many guys are on the bench. Then I want you to turn on the TV and watch the football game and tell me how many guys are on the bench. This program is about getting those guys off the bench. Football is not going to do it. Right. Basketball is not going to do it. Unless you have a lot of talent, you are not going to play in the NBA. Right. Okay, right. So I can run against, uh, pick anybody. I can run against Kobe Bryant next 
week on the 5K if he shows up. If he shows up. Yeah. He's afraid of me, I heard. <laughs> a little nervous. He heard I bet he is. I am. I, you know, um, actually, uh, I, I mentioned it on the show a few times where we went to the Magic Shoe Run, yeah. and, and I got pictures of me running. I look beautiful like, like running good, man. Huh? You know, my pecs are flexing, and my and my legs are just yeah. bouncing. It's just like, it's, it's awesome. You have a lot of mirrors in your house? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> I practice running. There's a story about that, actually, where I just look really good, except for, like, the kids and old people running past me. Yep. Yeah, it was just, so it's, it's one of those sports where, you know, you get it and you train for years. and, and uh, well, When I came to Corona Del Mar High School, right. one of the things that, when I was at Corona Del Mar High School, I was the number one runner there. I was the adult, I was the coach, but I was the number one runner. But my goal was to teach seven guys to beat me, and I did there you that. Go. And then after a while of being there, it was to teach seven girls to beat me so I could have a girl, good girls team. Right. And it took a while, but that happened too. So the, time, the first time a girl beat me, I thought, oh, my God, a high school girl beat me. But, you know, you, that's what you wanted. That's what you're looking for. And then some of the dads started beating me. And I thought, well, I better start training again, train a little bit harder. Then a mom beat me. Wow. I'm waiting. It's only around the corner until one of the grandmas beat me. I know it's coming. But but don't you? wouldn't you be it's happy exciting. when it happened? Yeah, it's exciting. When you, I mean, it's like, We wow. actually have a couple of grandmas that can probably beat me now. So, But but it's fun. But listen to this. I'm dealing with grandmas. Right. They're, they're kids. And their grandkids, that's how long I've been around. Wow. I've been coaching 40 years. 40 years. So you take the 40 years and you go, so I know the grandma, the mom, and the, and the kid. And all of them are running. And they're all, well, they're doing sports and running. But how does it make you feel when, when uh, like, uh, we have a guy in our club where he got his leg blown off in Vietnam, not blown off, but shredded pretty much yeah. in Vietnam, yeah. and uh, he's still, like, placing in, I mean, this was three months before I was born. And this guy's placing in triathlons, yeah, those, and Ironmans and things I, like I that. I worked with a girl named Scout who was a uh, she was an amputee and, and 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 some other people who, and when you work with those people, it's I don't do it anyway. It's just not my mo. I never feel bad for myself or sorry for myself. Right. And I tend to not feel sorry for them because what happens is I go like your guy you're talking about. Hey, I'm a coach. Run faster. I only got one leg. I said, well, then run faster with the other one. Right. Okay, but let's go. You're out here. You obviously have done something awesome and gotten over that big hurdle. But these... Otherwise, you couldn't be out here. So it's incredible to watch those people do it. But I say, the same as I say to the other guys, let's take what you got and let's go with that. Well, that, that's what I'm talking about is I actually want to do a whole show on no excuses. Yeah. Like, here's someone who's, and that's where I'm going with the, uh, the, the sign of questions was that, I don't want to hear that you're 40 and that you're overweight uh, or I don't want to hear your problems because we're talking to 65-year-olds, you know, we're talking to grandmothers, we're talking to people who, you know, you know, got injured in a war or something and they're running and placing in marathons. You have no excuse. You have no excuse. No excuse. Get off the couch, right? Get off the couch. Get off the couch. I got 77-year-olds, 81-year-olds. I've got people who, you know, started out. The good news about running, if you if you're 100 pounds overweight, you really need to come and see us. You really need to show up and you need to get started. And what happens is, I'm not going to guarantee anybody I'm going to take 100 pounds off you, but I might take 10. I might take five, and you're going to feel better just by doing that. But being 100 pounds overweight is not an excuse. All right. Right. It's probably should be a little more of a reason to get started. Yeah, and we, and we could take him down a bit. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the, the 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 blocks that people give themselves? The mental blocks or the excuses that they give themselves that maybe well, you're some not? people are way too busy. 
Okay, it's always, okay. well, I'm too busy. Well, I can't make Saturday. I got, I got something for you, okay? You tell me you can't make it. Tell me, tell me that you're working too much. So you're working, what, 12 hours a day, right? Right. Okay, you're doing that seven days a week. Oh, no, no, I don't do it seven days a week. Okay, great. So what's the day that you're not working 12? Because we'll fit in something there. And then when you work 12 hour, uh, hours a day, what are you doing with the other 12? Because there are 24, the way I look at it. I, start, I wake up at a quarter to five every morning. I got this thing, and right now I'm a little bit off my, off my game. But for about the last 20 years, it's been five at five. I get up, I try to get in five miles every day. I try to do seven days, six and seven days a week. People say, how, many, how often do you train? I say, 29 days. 29 days a month, but what I like to do is I like to do five at five. That means get my five miles in, but I'm out there. I'm around from 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. daily. Right. If you can't fit that in there, right. call me. Tell me what you can fit because I can do 3 a.m. if that's what works right. for you. I can do 9 p.m. if that's what works for you, but I will help you get started. Right. Now, one thing I was kind of noticed that I did look up a long time ago, when I, uh, it was something I read on my first show was... Um, the household income of, of runners, and there's a point to this where, like, um, average age, for male long-distance runners, average age is 45 years old, 54% are married, 76% have a, a 2006 household income of 75000 or more, 80% have college degrees, uh, female, about the same, and, like, the triathlon, it even goes up even more. I mean, yeah. they make, a uh, like, a ton of money, and the thing, the thing I was, I was trying to figure out was which came first is it that affluent people is it that well-to-do people or or is it that they like running i can't answer all those questions but i can answer one running gets your stuff together yeah i can answer one what's that okay you better have a couple bucks in your pocket if you want to be a triathlete because you got to buy a bike you got to buy a bike if you want a good one it's going to be really expensive okay register for those triathlons is very expensive so okay so that's why you we're not talking about triathlons we're We're talking about about 5k's i'm the other guy i'm like um i actually got into coaching and turned it into a profession. And a lot of people said you couldn't do it. And the reason you can't is because coaches, I mean, out of those 27 Olympic athletes or Olympic trials athletes that I had, we didn't make a ton of money. Really? Nah, but we had a great time. They got there. They got to the championships. It's only the top 1% that makes a ton ton of money. Really? That 1%. You know, there's not a lot of guys signing a $100 million contract like the baseball guy the other day in in running. But let's let's stay away from that because here's the deal. Let's get back to your off-the-couch deal. Right. Because I like your off-the-couch deal. I'll sell you a pair of shorts for 5 bucks. If you don't have the 5 bucks, I'll give you a pair. We'll get you started. You probably have a T-shirt sitting around. Right. I'll even get you in a pair of shoes because I got a program called Magic Shoes. I'll put shoes on your feet. Okay. I hope you have your own socks, but if not, I can help you with socks. Okay. I can help you with shorts. I can help you with T-shirts. It's not going to cost us anything to get started. Go back to your triathlon. What's the difference? No. Okay. Now, what I was talking about with the triathlon was that what is it about the um, – I always had this weird theory that when, when we started running the, the, the marathons and stuff, you know, that the people gave us, we started meeting other people that were doing marathons, mm-hmm. and they, uh, you know, like within the business community, and they looked at us like they knew something about us. Yeah. Like we, we had this, like they knew that we got up early every day. That's right. They knew that we, uh, that we planned our, our, we laid our clothes out the night before. Well, you have to have some discipline. If you didn't, you couldn't do a triathlon. Right. So instantly, if I see you at a triathlon, you got discipline. So, so it's like, but which come, which do you think comes first? That you have affluent people going like, training for marathons and stuff like that, or or it, be, or it becomes a, a, a habit? Like you're a, playing a trick on me. That's a chicken or the egg thing. Because I, I personally, I know that 
that uh, triathlons are like golf. Okay, you've got to be able to afford it. you got to be able to afford but it. you got to be able to do it, too. What What do you think is pretty, uh, like you train for half marathons. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, or in marathons. I've run 54 marathons. When I say that, everybody goes, 54? Yeah, I, I ran a marathon in 1964 and you know ran a bunch since, but I'm not doing it anymore. But I've run 54 of them. What kind of people run these marathons? What kind of or half marathons? Well, it started out them? as the marathon is a whole different. It's a whole different animal. You need to really respect the marathon. But here's the deal. Everybody, I mean, I'm one of those guys. You do not want to see me at the finish line of a marathon that has a bunch of people who are doing their first marathon. Because somebody okay. who's just done their first marathon, it's an incredible experience, it's an incredible accomplishment. They come across the finish line, and they're crying and celebrating, right? Right. So, man, I'm like, it's like a sad movie for me. I'm going to be crying with them in a minute. So I don't like to be around the finish line. I like to encourage them. But if they start crying and stuff, i got to get out of there. But it is an emotional it's, it's just an emotional, emotional experience, a good emotional experience. Right. These people say, if I do this, I can do anything. You right. know? And so that's why the, wonder, the marathon's a wonderful event. But you've got to prepare for it. Failure to prepare is preparing to fail. You need to prepare if you want to run a marathon. But I recommend it for everybody who's healthy enough to because the experience in itself, just the experience, right. when you cross the line, Nobody can beat you. Nobody can stop you from doing anything now. Even if it's not like a, a really good, if you're not an elite or anything like that. It's 26.2 miles, baby. Right. I don't care right. if it takes you. I don't care if it takes you Sunday and Monday. You finish it, you're my guy. Well, all I know is my first 5K, my first mud run that I finished, yeah. I, I thought I was a million dollars. Yeah. You know, it's the feeling. And, and I do other things, you know, like a cycle. I've done sensory rides. I've done, you know, I do mixed martial arts and things like that. But I still finished the 5K, and it was like, yeah, I finished the 5K. I am, yeah. you know. I can do this. Yeah, I can but do the anything. marathon will do that a hundredfold for you. Okay. You run a marathon. You finish the marathon. You wake up the next day. You go to the office, and everybody goes, hey, how'd you do? Oh, I ran, you know, 14 hours. They don't know if that's fast or slow. Yeah, but, but you finished it. How far is it? 26 miles. Oh, my God. That's that was incredible. That was something that we were kind of encountering was uh, the, uh, my wife would run half marathons, and I forget her first time. I forget her first time where um, it, it was an okay time. It was like 2.30 or something like that. For a half? For a half. Okay. And um, everybody's like, yeah. And then she gets it down under two hours, and it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they, they don't care whether you, it was four care. hours, you five know, hours. For or, your audience, you know, yeah. a good marathon is it, it, it's an incredible marathon, anybody who breaks three hours. But a good marathon is anybody breaking four. I'm sorry, did I say marathon, half marathon? Yeah. Was, no, was, it was, two, it was, two and a half hours, that pretty much, you, she didn't run a two and a half marathon, because then I know who she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's not go, uh, Don't you know, go Paul Ryan yeah. on this. Okay. Okay, but, but that's the thing is you need to go. You you need to to just understand that they finished. Right. And if you get that, you know, who cares if it's four hours, five hours, six hours, seven hours, eight hours? Who cares? Right. It's twenty six miles. Right. Yeah, you can't take away. You see, for a lot of us, this is is what this is to us is it's a. Um, it's something that we go after so that we can prove ourselves. Like for some of us, we, we, we need something where we can say, hey, you know, I can still do this. You know, like for me, you turn 40 and, you know, like, hey, I'm not dead yet. Yep. You, you know, I, uh, I, um, I'm looking to interview a guy who started running at 50. Like he gave up, you know, quit smoking cigarettes. Now he ran a marathon in all 50 states or, yeah. or something like that. But also a metaphor. You know, it's like we got our struggles. Yep. You know, you get up no matter what. You got to get up every day, no matter what the train. I'm telling you, if I can run my worst day as a 5K, 
is if I can get in it and finish it, and that's my worst day, life's good. Yeah, there life's you are. Good. I and mean, you, how am I going to complain about that? And you're sick, or or you got a cold or something, but I get to the start line. I who cares? I'm good. And, and then you finish it, and, and even breakfast. if it's not a, even if it's not a PR. And he buys if he, if, he, if I you know if I have a cold and he beats me, and the other guy whoever he is, I probably owe him breakfast. Right. But there's nothing. I mean, think about this. If you can get out there and do it, you gotta feel good about that. Right. That's the that's the that's the beauty of the of the five k or the ten k or the half marathon or marathon. You gotta get out there and do it. Now, are there people that specialize in different sports like the the ten k, the five k, the ten k? Different distances, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, everybody. Ha if you're gonna go to the higher levels, you have to specialize. But what I always tell everybody: pick your favorite run. I'll trick you into doing your best one. Okay. If you think you love the, I, I got a girl right now, and and she was running five k thing, and we're she just she's getting close to three hours now. We'll have her under three hours in another six months, but you know she was a five k ten k girl, and we talked her into a, a, a half marathon. We found out how strong she was. Now we've tricked her in, and she's run three marathons, and she's uh, three eleven now. Now, how do you pick? How do you pick? Uh, like you They're said, all you, different. A guy you, like you me know. can see it easy because what happens is I take some kids. I took a little guy the other day. I'll tell you a perfect example. I threw them all on the track. I said, "Okay, you guys, first one around the track. I'm buying an In-N-Out burger for." Bam! This guy was like running 30 minutes for three miles, which is terrible for a, for a high school kid. Okay, beats everybody. He runs 64 seconds for a quarter of a mile. Wow! I said, "So I think you've seen your last 5K." I said, you're going to be a quarter mile or a half miler, and it starts tomorrow. And okay. everybody goes, well, I don't like the quarter mile. I said, did you like beating all those guys? You just beat everybody on my team. Winning's fun. <laughs> he goes, yeah, I like that. I go, that's a quarter of a mile. Oh, a quarter mile is one lap? Yes. Right. One lap, quarter mile. And so, I said, that's going to be your event. So you think most people that haven't tried or started, you th that, that they're intimidated? And it's like they don't know they have it. They don't know. They just You just tell them. You, what you do is you challenge them. And if you can get them, you, this is the whole thing, you get them out there. And you're going to find, like somebody, somebody's going to tell you, and you hear this all the time, I only have one speed. Great. You know what your time would be if you ran a half marathon? Wow. Because they're running a 5K. So, oh, I ran the 5K. It took me four minutes, but I only have one speed. 24 minutes. Oh, I only have one speed. Can you do it for a 10K? Yeah, I think so. I said, now you got a pretty good-looking 10K, 48 minutes. How about your half marathon? Now your half marathon's looking great. Right, just you know, keep it up. That's 80 and, and 16, so 96 minutes. Man, wow, that's awesome. Awesome. You so, see what I mean? So you right. just got to find the place. But here's what you want to do more than anything, and I know that we're talking about getting people off the couch. Right. You want to get them off the couch. Make sure they have a good experience. Make sure they prepare. Right. Make sure they have an event that is fun. If it's their first event, I'm doing a 5K. I'm not going to talk somebody into doing their first event and be a half marathon. All right. Just right. get them out there, get them fun, uh, make make sure they learn a few names. Yeah, yeah. The so name they can be, game, hey, baby. good for you. you got to be around the names, the na you know, because you know people, meet people. And when they finish their first race, they're going to look around, they're going to say, hey, Paul was right next to me. Hey, Paul, when's your next race? Right. Oh, I'm going to run the one in January over at Woodbridge. Well, great. I'll be there. What? What's the date? Oh, it's January 12th, you know, and then meet the guy there. You know, that's one thing that I did want to kind of hammer home is join a running club. Yeah. I mean, in a running club. No, I mean, like uh, with the Roadrunners, I mean, you got your club where, where people, yeah. uh, Cal's Coast. Cal Coast, Cal and it used to be Active 5 because there was only five of us, and then we grew, and it's Active 5 sounded a little small, so we changed it to Cal Coast. So about, nah, we're getting it 30 years ago now. And you guys are dominating and winning everything. I don't know we dominate, but we do pretty well, but we have a lot of fun. He's being humble. The, yeah, your club actually does very well. But, uh, um, 
even uh, with my, uh, I belong to Roadrunners. And, Correct, uh, very good club, very friendly club. You know, they're, they're, this is very, the one thing about, you'll clubs will have their intensity. Club Ed okay. has an intensity level that you go, that's Club Ed. Okay. We go with them head to head, head to okay. head. Okay. Then you get a club like Roadrunners. Okay. Well, we match up too because we match up with Roadrunners because it's very social, very fun. Right. We go to the races. You know, the other day uh, I was, we went to the uh, Dino Dash and we set up, I set up a tent. I set up two tents, and there was snail space right next to us. Same exact thing. Snail space sets up a tent. We put our tents right next to each other. We talk to the guys in the group. Uh, South Coast Roadrunners is right on the other side. We all hang out. But you know what I like about this is, uh, like, I'm what you call, like, a B runner or a C runner. Yeah. But I'm still hanging out with elite runners. That's right. And you know what? They're, they're so inclusive. We're still friends. Yeah. You know, like, my wife and I had a, a bad day a, a couple weeks ago, and um, they were all there for us. And it was just like, and I'm, these guys are people, you know, like when you join something, it's you're used to the people that are like really, really good at something. They're so competitive, they want to hang out with themselves. Yeah. But, you know, they'll, that's, that's this the This is the one sport, this is the one sport where you'll see this happen, and I don't think you're going to see it anywhere else, okay? This is a sport where a guy will cross the finish line first. Right. Absolutely the first guy. There you go. 2,000, 5,000 people. Absolutely first. And walk over and see another guy finish, tap on the shoulder, great job. Yeah. Go over and see somebody 10 minutes later, hey, you did great today. The guy who won it. Right. The guy who won okay, it. He's still clapping for other deal, people. Yeah. The guy who normally wins the deal is gone right after he wins it. Right. Okay. And everybody's following him. The, in, a, in a 5K, 10K, great marathon, Nev Kefazigi, okay, silver gold medal. Comes up and always says, "How you doing, Coach?" I go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa. hang on, how are you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're Mev Kavazigi. Yeah, he, and he won so, he, silver medals, silver and he's medal still like the Olympics. coming up there and fourth place at this last Olympics. And he's still like at the five Ks. He's going, "Hey, good job, good job." And we're up at Mammoth. He comes over and he comes over and talks to the kids. Hey, how are you guys doing? And I'm, I have to kind of catch my breath and say, "Hey, guys, this yeah. is Mev Kavazigi. You know who this is?" So we compete, but we still pull each other. Oh yeah, and we're off the track. We're still buddies. Yep. We're, we're still talking. We're still hanging. And uh, what I'm trying to say is these people getting off the couch, don't be intimidated. No. You go out there and, you know, th they'll take off, they'll run, they'll zoom, but then we'll go get some pizza. And then we'll hang out, and then we're going to encourage you, and we're going to push you. The most intimidating thing about elite runners, okay, is the most intimidating is sometimes they have a name like Mab Kefazigi. Kefazigi. Yeah, how do you say that? I don't even say it. I can't even say it. Yeah, how do you say it? Kefazigi. But anyway, that's the whole point. Because he is the nicest, humblest person. Right. There's a guy locally who's a 350 miler. His name is John Rankin. Right. Humble, nicest guy. Comes over and visits and practice all the time. He comes to Corona High School and says hi to the kids. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Right. You know, they're not the same. So, so you join. If you're one of those people that are huffy puffy, and you're barely making it, and you're walking it, and you're finishing like a 5K, you know, an hour later. You do it because people are, are there for you. Well, I want to make sure that people don't get mixed up in what you just said. Okay, what okay, did I just say? Gonna, I, you could correct I, me. This correct is just me. to help you. Just help me. I don't really care if you finished. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to teach you how to finish. Okay. I want you to start. There you go. That's that's the show's I about. I want to know that if you can start, we can help you with the rest. But you got to start. But people have to start. People have to start. They have to start. And, you know, a lot of people going, oh, man, how'd you do? Well, I got there and I had a little bit of trouble. I walked. And that's okay. It's okay because you started today. Yeah. Starting is the biggest thing. A lot of people go, well, how'd you finish? Well, starting is so big, I just don't want to forget that. You know what I like to say to myself when I'm running or when I'm doing anything? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I, I would say you this. Talk to yourself a little. A, a little bit. Okay. A, a little bit. It's I'm, okay. I'm the only one who listens. It's acceptable. Actually, you're the only one that answers those questions too. You know that. No, right? I don't know the answers. That's that's <laughs> kind of like the problem with that. Um, the the the. We just beat the guy that didn't show up, or yeah. we're beating the guy that didn't show that's up. Right. So uh, yeah. So when my wife and I were were you know five weeks in our couch to five k program, yeah. you know it's a ten week program, and I'm just saying hey we just you know. We run a quit, you know, like, how long have we been running? You know, like a minute. Oh, I want to quit. It was like, okay, that's me talking. My wife wanted to keep going. But I'm thinking, like, we just beat the guy that didn't how show up. How long have you up. been running? About, I'd say, two two years, maybe. Yeah, just starting. Yeah, just starting. You're a rookie. Yeah, yeah that's why I'm, I'm, I'm like, 10-minute yes. miles or something like that. Yeah, you're a rookie. But every time I go out and I, and I want to quit better. and I'm tired... I beat the guy that didn't show up. You're way past giving up already. Yeah. Way yeah. Past. So if you're one of these people that run for five minutes and the best you can do is like a 40-minute 5K, you beat all the people that didn't sign up. Yeah, and you know what? That's the best you can do now. And if you're young, it'll get better. If you're old, what I always tell everybody, everybody goes, what do you do to stay in shape? I said, I try to keep from not getting slower right. because I'm never going to get faster. That's over. Never. I'm 65. How am I going to get faster? You got some kind of miracle drug? No, no. I'm not well, going across the border to Mexico. <laughs> okay. I got to stay here. <laughs> yes, you're right here. Uh, I got to ask you something. Why there's cross training is real big? Mm-hmm. How come you don't cycle or or aqua jog or I'm actually interviewing an aqua jogger tomorrow. Okay. The guy wrote a book on aqua jogging. Yeah. How come? How, why aren't you into other sports or branch off? Everybody wants to go bigger, better. You know, triathlon. Well, for me, there's nothing bigger and better. And and here's the deal. I hang out on on a good day, a good average day, I'll see about 400 people. They're okay. all runners. Some of them are triathletes, and I got the running part of it. I don't really have time to go do the other stuff. Okay. And and it's not a desire of mine, because if I wanted to go bike, I'd do it. I bike a little bit. I don't like it. This is the first year that I had to bike with my varsity cross-country team at Coronado High School. Right. Because I couldn't keep up anymore, and I got a little banged up, so I jumped on the bike. I just just reaffirm that I don't like it that much. It's just not your passion. It's not my deal. And swimming, I'm terrible. It takes me... I, you got to have lunch for me if, on the other end of the pool if I'm going to swim. Okay. Because it would take me that long to get across it. So you just chew to yourself. You know what I works for you. I can swim. I'm not big on it. I don't enjoy it a lot. I, I, this is... My wife the other day, I, when I came home, she says... She's, I came home for a run. She goes, was it cold? I said, yeah, a little cold. You know, I, it's four. It's a quarter to five in the morning. It was like 49 degrees. Right. I said, a little cold. She goes, well, how long did it take you to warm up? And I said, well, I, I don't know. She goes, well, how long did you feel bad? And I go, well, if the truth be known, I guess I got to confess. I felt bad for about four or five minutes. Right. After that, I feel great. Okay. I feel great. And here's the thing. I know what to do. I know that if it's 49 degrees, I put on a short sleeve T-shirt and a long sleeve T-shirt. Right. And it's got to be white. And, and a lot of people, I see a lot of people in the morning wearing black. Really? Uh, that's a big mistake. But I put on a white T-shirt, and I go out. I'm out there for five minutes, and I'm in my world. Right. I'm in my world. I don't get that with swimming. I don't get that with biking. And I don't know if it's because I've been pretty good at it. I, I don't know how I got here. But I know once I get that feeling, and everybody who runs knows that I don't care if you're a 40-minute 5K person. Once you get to that little, okay, I'm warmed up, I'm feeling good, my knees right. are swinging right, my foot's hitting the ground right, it feels good. I love that. Actually, uh, there's sort of a, uh, the, this show's actually about tricking people because I don't know anybody that can stop after 5K. Yeah. That, that's a warm-up. Yeah. 
Yeah, you see what's happening is like you know. Okay, full disclosure: we're lying to you. You're not going to run a 5K. You're gonna. You're not going to stop at the 5K. Because yeah. you're like, hey, I feel good. I hey, do that. I can it. do anything. Yeah, and it's like the next one. You, you actually you're warmed up. That's, That's a right. warm up. That's right. Yeah, so it's like next thing you know, you know, you're going to be running that that yep. half marathon. You know, like a, a, I tell one of our, our coaches, a, a Steve. You know, mm -hmm. I'm I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner. Mixed martial arts is my sport. But you know, I get out there, and after that, you know, third mile. Yeah, we uh, we really I, do become runners, but we aren't runners. We didn't start out running. I mean, the only figure this out. The, the reason you ran is it was to catch something that was going to be food in the beginning, right? Or you know, as you got older, to get away from that thing because you were going to be his food, right? Okay, you you can run down a, uh, an animal and when you know in the primitive days and, and use that for food, but right now you got to run a coyote. I mean, think right. about this. We got to go. That, so that it's it is natural, but it's not natural to do it unless you have to. You talk about like the kudu, the running, and then what they yeah. they they run down this this animal and it just drops dead because it can't run a that can't go yeah, far enough. Yeah, maybe you should coach those animals so that they can. Well, you know, I would uh, teach them how to pace. That's, is that what they're doing wrong? Yeah, they're yeah. going, you know, 25 miles an hour off the get. It ain't going to work. Okay. You, know, you can't uh, go too... You can't, <laughs> when you're an animal, uh, two-legged or four-legged, and you're running 25 miles an hour, you're only going to get about 70 yards. Right. Okay. And then you're done. So I'm, I'm going to... I'll be there because I'm going to run all day. And you're going to help them. Persistent hunting is what they call it. Yeah. Where you just chase it and then they... they, they it gives up. Over dead. One thing I did want to bring up was the... Uh, your your program where oh your your I need to know your favorite places to run your favorite places to to exercise to I get tell you what up. I like I like the back bay I do it a lot I like it but if somebody said what do you like better than back bay and if, if it's local here I Shady Canyons is awesome Shady Canyon Shady Canyon is awesome it's just right there you know and you just they got a groom trail and it's just nice and there's a little bit of an incline and there's a lot of dirt. Um, and then if if you if you're going to get away from here, Mammoth is obviously the best place Mammoth. on the planet to run. Do you, do you like uh, like Crystal Cove or any places like that? I like, like Crystal that Cove, but it gets a little challenging out there. A little challenging. A little challenging. Um, if you, Shady Canyon doesn't have any of those really monster hills. Okay. No monster hills and no skinny trails. Those trails are all 11 feet. All right. So all right. you know you got 11 foot of trail. It's 11 feet wide. You and I can both go by there at the same time. Okay. That'd be awesome. So that's it's always good. So if I'm going slow, you can just go right by me. Awesome. There's plenty of room. Uh, how about the? Do you have any races that you, that you like? My favorite really race is the Magic Shoe. Yeah, it's the. It's I, I I would be my favorite if the, if I didn't have all those kids and old people running right by me. Yeah, they go. Yeah. They're gonna pass you up. Yeah, I like I was saying about. I, I got a Facebook picture where I actually Photoshop. I, I cut and uh, the the thumbnail. I cut it just where you can't see the little kids in front of me. Yeah. Because, I mean, they are running They're, right past me. Well, I'm getting beat by 11- and 12-year-olds all the time now. But the thing about the Magic Shoe, one of the things that, that came out in a magazine not too long ago, which was really nice, and I really I really enjoyed it when I read the article, it said it's the fastest little race in Southern California. Because to win the race, first and second place went 14-24, which is pretty good for a local race. But right. we had three American records uh, set there, and we had um, five 50-year-old guys okay. go under uh, 1550, and the 50-year-old who won it, you had to run 1506 to win the race. That's a 5K, a certified 5K. Wow. That's sub-five-minute pace. That's a sub-450 pace. Now, uh, I do want to get uh, to the, the Magic Shoe Foundation, okay. yeah. but what is, it about, what is it that makes a race fast? 
What were you talking about? Well, the course has to be fast, and then the quality of runner that shows up has to be fast. Carlsbad is not a fast course. It gets a lot of uh, recognition as being a fast course. Not that fast, but the competition's there. I'm going to run my best race of the year at Carlsbad. I always do. It's because I love the competition. I jump into it. I know there are five or six, you know, 50, 60, 70-year-olds right around me. So i got to go. Okay. Because those are the guys I race against. And that's the thing about the sport is you get to pick who you want to race. Okay. And I usually pick, on a good day, I pick the guy who's right in front of me. You pick the guy right that's in front of me. That's the guy I want to race. On a bad day, I pick the guy who's right behind me. Uh-huh. I don't pick anybody until <laughs> the gun goes off. Ah, oh, that guy right behind me, I'm going to beat him today. That's my goal to beat him. But on a good day, I'm going to chase somebody who's up in front of me. We actually uh, did a run, I think it was my second run or something like that, where I was just trying to get away from the screaming kid in a stroller. Oh, my God. And the kid screamed the whole way like he had these power lungs, and I couldn't. And this, you know, this guy, his pregnant wife, and he had a stroller with the baby in it, and I was, they were keeping up with me, and I was, I was like, just trying to well, get away from him. you probably scared the kid. It was me. It was me. Yeah, he, was, he was crying like, that guy's in front screaming. of us. Yeah. Beat him, daddy. So, um, so, you say a fast race. What, what are some good beginner races for someone? If they're going to say, you know, I'm going to sign up for a race, and I'm going to start training for it, and I'm going to pick it. What well, races would you pick? pick a challenging race. Pick a community-type race, and, and there's, a, there's a bunch of them. And, you know, off the top of my head, the next one coming up will be the Southern California Half Marathon, which is right over here at Woodbridge High School. They get a lot of runners. They'll have about five or 6,000 runners. It's a good place to go and start, but start with the 5K. Along with having a, a lot of people, it's flat. Okay. okay? So, and it's a community race. When you have a community race, right. what happens with a community race is there will be, like, a race for the cure. They don't even time race for the cure anymore. They get 25,000 people, and nobody cares about their time. Okay. Well, when you get a community race, there are going to be a lot of people who are beginners or may only run one race per year, and that's it. All right. Okay? So you're going to find a lot of people that are technically beginners, so you won't be the only beginner. So it's a good place to start. Okay, so when you talk about the OC Half Marathon or the... the it's a the, little bigger deal. It's a Okay. little bigger. OC Half Marathon, I was race director for that for the first four and a half years. And, you know, we I always went out and hunted. You know, I'd get on the phone and call guys that were fast and say, hey, I need you to come to this race. And they say, why? I said, because it's going to be fast. They said, how do you know it's going to be fast? And I'd tell them another guy was coming who was really fast because right. I know the way they work. Oh, I can beat that guy. I said, he says you can't. Okay. And then they'd both show up, but I'd do that to about 10 canyons. Well, well, so they'd show up and they'd try to beat each other, and that's how you get fast times. Yeah, the Kenyans just are like uh, all the Africans. Aren't they? And we don't want to just stay with Kenya, but all the Africans tend to be fast. And part of it is is they um, they don't have a lot of sports, so they don't have a lot to pick from. There's not a lot of basketball teams in Kenya. Okay. Okay, and there's not a, fo- a lot of football teams, so their sports are limited. They're also training at altitude. Oh. Their parents were training at altitude. Oh. Their grandparents wow. were training at altitude. And everybody knows that there's a benefit to that. So it's one thing about ha- being born and raised in Kenya and having your dad and your grandparents and their grandparents being born and raised there and then having only a handful of sports to pick from. Soccer, uh, I think they play ricket or whatever that, what's that ball? Uh, like English cr- play it. Oh, cricket. Uh, cricket. Cr- yeah, cricket. Yeah, cricket. They have a couple of sports like that, and that's it. No, not much football, uh, American football, okay. and not much baseball, and not much basketball. They do play a little basketball, but not so. When much. that's the one thing you do, and you live at altitude, you bam. Altitude. Yeah. Okay. They don't have a lot of choices. Okay, so you know, for those of us trying to like, you know, keep uh, we up have so and, many choices. Yeah, it's I like mean, our, our activities around here is the same as going to a fancy restaurant with an unlimited menu. 
Right. Well, that's what I was talking about with the sports is, yeah. you know, I'm going to have a guy, you know, he's the cycling guy, yeah. you know, and, and we got, uh, like, you know, I'm doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu now, well, yeah. when I can show up, at, and they, we do our tournaments here at UCI. Yeah, I mean, athletic-wise, with, ath- with athletic events, the, the Irvine and Orange County is the Jerry's Deli of, of sports. So people are What like, do you want to do? We got it. Yeah. So if you and want we don't have it, we'll make it for you. So we spread out all over yeah. the place. Is, is we have everything. Okay, so don't be intimidated. It just happens to be We a, have everything. Okay, uh, you know, one thing I do want to hit on really hard is the, the your Magic Shoe Foundation. Mm-hmm. I love that to death. Uh, yeah. you, you, the, the Magic Shoe Run benefits. Benefits the, the Magic Shoe Foundation. The Magic Shoe Foundation, what happened was, is about uh, 1983, I had this, this kid. My brother called me up, and he had this kid who was a pretty good runner. And um, he had dropped out of school. He was a ninth grader, and he was working at a foundry. So they wanted to get him back into school. So they asked me if I would help. And I said, um, "Why am? I, tell me what I'm doing here." And they said, "Well, he's a really good runner. Therefore, we thought you would be a good fit." And I said, "Nah, that's not my deal." I said, "If he's a good kid, let's talk." And they said, "Well, he's a pretty good kid." I said, "So I went. And I, I spent a little time with this kid, and he was a, a foster kid, and he was a pretty good runner, and he was 14 years old. So I found out how good he was." And I said, okay, I'll make you a deal. You go back to school, and I'll make sure you have running stuff. So the first thing, obviously, was the shoes. Then we got some running gear. Well, that happened for about four or five weeks. He told the kids on his team, oh, I get my shoes from Coach Sumner. And so they said, hey, Coach, can I get a pair of shoes from you? I said, okay, great. So after about two or three years, I was buying 30 pairs of shoes, 40 pairs of shoes per year. Wow. So I went out and got some friends, and we got to where we were buying about 50 or 60 pairs of shoes per year. So I said, well, we can't do this. Well, I had all these athletes. So I took all these athletes. I said, give me your old shoes. I know you guys are throwing them away before you're done with them. Give me your old shoes. I'll clean them up, and I'll redistribute them. Well, uh, uh, about uh, nine years ago, October, uh, a friend of mine used to help me with this, Cynthia Holcomb, used to help me with it. And so she would. Um, she told me she wanted to get to, to, to 1,000. So she died. So we were only doing about four or five hundred at the time, and and I thought that was way too much work for anybody to have as a hobby. So when she died, I said, okay, we're doing a thousand pair of shoes. And so uh, that following year, we did two thousand pair of shoes. This last year, the last couple of years, we've done, in three years, we've done about twenty-eight thousand pair of shoes that we've done in the last three years. That's picked up a bunch. But remember, we washed them sanitize them, we collect them, wash them, sanitize them, and we redistribute them. And we de- redistribute them to places like Mary Soup Kitchen, because we reached right. out beyond, uh, working wardrobes, YMCAs, right. boys and girls clubs. Uh, we started out just high schools and junior high schools in the inner city. We do those. We do homeless shelters now. Um, we do the uh, homeless veterans, 400 pair a year to the homeless veterans. Um, so where we reach out to now is like, it's just got big, so it's so getting to the point where I gotta. I, I'm this year is my my plan is to step our workforce up, you know, from me and Mary Ellen to, you know, and, and uh, maybe a dozen kids from Corona Del Mar High School and a couple other friends to build our workforce a little bit more bigger, make it a little bit bigger, so the collection gets bigger, and so I have to get better at what we're doing because running it the way I run it, it works at you know eight to ten thousand, but right. as soon as I go to fifteen thousand distri- distribution. I'm going to have to have a better workforce and a better system. So we're working on that right now. Now, how are you getting the shoes into, I, I into the system? I do shoe drives at schools. Okay. For, you know, what's happening, and every time a problem comes up, you know, like I went to the YMCA and I delivered some shoes, and these guys go, you got any more shoes, little ones? I need them for the little kids. And I said, God, I really don't. Well, how can I get them? 
Well, I went home and I thought, how am I going to get little shoes? How am I going to get little shoes? I did shoe drives in Newport Beach Elementary Schools. Okay, wow. Okay, there you go. Okay, and everything... Shoe drives, I like every, that. Every problem has an answer to it. So I go to running stores and I get their old shoes. Right. I just put a bucket there and I, people throw them in there. I got a guy in, in, uh, in L.A. who collects about 200 pairs of shoes for me every month. And he wow. has a running store there, and he does it for me. So we run up and pick him up maybe once or twice a month. We pick him up. I got a guy in Pacific Palisades, Cynthia's husband. He picks up about two to 300 pairs of shoes per wow. month. So we get everybody to help us. And then all my runners, every day I pick up a bag of shoes, you know, four or five pair here and there. You know, I, every week I pick up about 20 pairs of shoes from my own runners. Right. And so when you look at it, you go, people are, are interested. say, well, you just got three or 400 pairs. How long will those last? About five days. Wow. We clean them, we wash them, we sanitize them, they go out. Oh, the turnover's like, bam, it's they're gone. out the door. They're gone. We get, I give them to you? They're gone five days later. They're, they're on someone's foot. They're on somebody's foot next week. You give them to me on Saturday, the following Saturday, they're on some kid's foot or an adult's foot or a homeless guy or Mary's soup kitchen. They're on somebody's foot within seven days. Wow, there's that much need. Seven days, yeah. Oh, but, the need's incredible. Okay, uh, so what do you look for in a shoe? I mean, we were talking about slight, slightly worn. Gently worn. Gently worn. Gently worn. Gently, gently. Well, let, uh, a shoe can handle 700 miles. Okay. okay, most runners... I did not know that. Yeah, most yeah. runners are done with them at three or 400 miles. Okay. Okay, so rather than throw them away, bring them to me. As long as, they don't, as, long as you can't see through them and there's a little bit of wear on it. Now imagine this, if a shoe can handle 700 miles, okay, I take that shoe and I take it over to a kid, I clean it up, sanitize it, take it to a kid in Santa Ana. He puts it on his foot. He will use that shoe for 300 miles, which will get him through a whole school year. Wow. Okay, if he's running cross-country, it'll only get him through about four or five months. Wow. But if he's just using them for school shoes, which a lot of people use our shoes to go for school shoes, go for job interviews. We take any kind of shoe. Right. Job interviews or just to go, you know, they're going to be, we, we, uh, we have shelters that we go to in uh, November, December, and January. We have a shelter where we go to, and every night at 5 o'clock, they fill the place. We give them shoes. They need uh, shoes. Yeah. And during the summer, people don't know about homeless people. Um, they don't they don't go to shelters during the summer they'll hang out in different places but during the winter they all go to the shelters they yeah, so they're all even there. if it's one or two days you got to recover you're out there in the freezing cold you have three or four days of it you got to recover so they'll go to a shelter they'll get warm for a couple of days and so we go to the shelters we meet them at the shelters and we give them shoes so but we don't have a i don't think we have a shoe that could that we would hold for more than two or three weeks and the only reason that would happen is because it's a size 14 or right. or you know maybe over the holidays everybody kind of disappears but we have our busy busy time of the year our busy time of the year for the homeless people is december and january our busy time huh. of the uh, of the year for for the inner city schools is august and september because they're all getting ready to start school right so we have i mean we have seasonal now and we need a ton of shoes august september October, oh my God, we go through about 4,000 pairs of shoes right there. Right there. Boom. Right there. And if I had 10,000, I could go through 10,000. So it's like if you got shoes to give away. Uh, you I see, I've been, I've been giving you my, my athletic shoes. Yeah. yeah but you would, but like you said, uh, I'm, I'm familiar with that, the, the uh, you know, I'm bad with names. The one where they help you dress up for interviews. 
Working wardrobes. Working wardrobes. I, I I run into them all the time. I I was speaker for the food bank, and yeah, I run into these people all the time. Incredible, uh, right. incredible organization. What happens is a guy comes in there or a girl, and they get cleaned up. And they get to walk through and pick a pair of shoes. Right. They got racks of shoes, and then they they put an outfit. A guy will get. I got two suits. I'm going to take over there tomorrow, and we'll just put them there, put on racks. Some guy will take the suit. It's his forever. He doesn't owe us anything. So n next time I go to the magic shoe run and I donate my shoes, bring my dress shoes. Bring any shoes. Bring any shoes. Eh, Paul, do. Paul, Magic Paul. Shoes. Any shoes. He any said any shoes. shoes. Okay, thank you very much. Any shoes. That's okay, I got it. Any, any size, shoes. any color, any shoes. And they'll, and they'll be on someone's I've foot. I've had people bringing it. sandals, and when I first saw a pair of sandals, I go, what am I going to do with these sandals? And then I took them to, over to the uh, Boys and Girls Club. They go, oh, my God, the kids are going to love these during the summer. You know, I never thought about it. Wow. Everything. They use everything. You know, one thing that I kind of wanted to drag, uh, drive home is that the... You know, like when I was, uh, you know, when I speak for the uh, the food bank and everything, uh -huh. you know, one thing I talk about is that, uh, first of all, poverty is bigger. This is a, an, actually another show. We have a lady who talks about stuff like this. It's more prevalent in, in Orange County than we yeah. can see, but it's hidden. And that uh, we try and do is get them food, and, they, and hopefully the kids don't know what they're going through. They don't know they're poor. But nothing says, I'm poor, like a kid walking around with shoes falling off them. That's nothing... Right. Nothing says it weighs on his mind all day. Like uh, he's going to school, he's trying to think kid thoughts. He's thinking about his his classes and stuff like that. But he's got pick on me on his feet, and he's walking around with those. Well, the funny and part is, we go to Santa Ana, and we have a couple of churches over there. And we go uh, to Santa Ana and the Boys and Girls Club, and we go to Santa Ana, and this is all within about a one mile radius. There's a Boys and Girls Club, a church that we we deliver shoes to, and a homeless shelter. And every once in a while, I get a little mixed up, and I'll say something. Man, I never. This is really bad. And and one of those guys will correct me. First of all, these kids right. don't know they're poor. They don't know. They don't know. And second of all, this is great. If you go over to Orangewood, which is a wonderful facility, right? Those right. kids are abandoned. Right. My homeless shelters have parents and kids. Right. Okay. You can't be in there unless you have a, you know, parents and kids. That's the shelters. Right. The churches. They all have lives and homes and families and stuff, but they're living on you know twelve thousand dollars a year for right. a family of five. Right. Okay. Right here in North Carolina. They don't County. know they're poor. Right. They, they don't eat. Know poor. They go to church. Their shoes wear out. They can't afford new ones. But if you got shoes falling off you, people will tell, let you know that you're poor. Well, and that's what I like about the, the shoes for the kids. Not in those neighborhoods. Not too often. Okay. Not those guys won't do that. No. Okay. They won't. It's you got to be there. You know, I, I personally, I was, I, I lived in a, in a, in a, what we call the projects when I was about four or five years old. Okay. And we had to borrow some food one day, and I didn't think anything of it. And about four or five days later, one of my friends down the hall, they had to borrow food. So I told this guy, I said, they must be poor. And he goes, poor? You're poor. I go, what do you mean I'm poor? I'm not poor. He goes, you're poor. He goes, they're poor, you're poor, I'm poor. That's why we live in the projects. I go, what's the projects? Uh, you didn't know, even know you were in the... I didn't know I lived in the projects. Right. I, right. I know I live with my mom and my, my brother and sister in this apartment. I thought it was an apartment. Right. But you see, that's what, that, that's what I like is, is about what we're talking about, is the kid gets shoes. He's, the kids love their shoes. They love it's them. their they, identity. They, they treat me like I'm Santa Claus delivering right. a gift. Yeah. and, and They treat me like I walk on water. It's crazy. I, I, I don't like it. I don't like the... Because I like the feeling of putting a smile on their face in that part. But when they start getting too grateful, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, uh, someone else did this, and someone. Yeah, yeah, I brought. I'm bringing them. I'm the delivery guy. Yeah, I, I used know. to get that at the food bank. I'd get invited to Rotary. I'd eat really good food, and people wanted me not to absolve them of their sins. And it was like, yeah. no, there's people working like really, really, really hard to make this happen. Really hard. Everybody asked and, me, and, why do you help so many people? 
Right. And I said, I'm still trying to pay back. There you, you so pay many back. people helped me. There, there you go. So many people helped me. I, it will take me another 50 years to repay for the people who helped me. Is that why you're so passionate about this running thing? I'm just passionate because that's my style. That's you, my M.O. I was, I had been like this. Everybody goes, what do you do? You think you, you wake up with rose-colored glasses or what? I said, yeah. I wake up with a smile. That's the way we do it. So every, every time every you day, get Every day. This is it. This is just me. But so many people helped me. I'm trying to pay some of that back. Okay. I'll never be able to. It'll take me another 50 years, and I don't think I'm going to live to be 115. So, so okay. i got to just get done what I can. Okay, I'm going to ask this. Uh, um, what is it that you want us to have? What is your gift that you want us to have? I mean, I'm happy. Help. I like running. I like, what is, what is the thing that you say, like, you know, Paul, when you walk out of here, I want you to have welcome. health and a smile. And a smile. And you don't so care let's call this a plan for good health and a smile. And I made my day. And, and that's how you paid it forward. Um, that, if I can put a smile on your face and make you come up with a plan to stay healthy, I'm a happy guy. So it can I be delivered shoes. my message. So it can be, it can be a, a smile, healthy, self-esteem to a guy that lives in Irvine doing it well for himself, or a kid wear that that pair of shoes. You know, it I I deliver a lot of shoes, so I see a lot of smiling faces, and I. I, I, everybody goes, well, how much longer are you going to do that? How am I going to stop? Right. How am I going to stop? I've already seen all these smiling faces. Right. Ha, and I know they're over there. You know, everybody goes, goes, well, those guys are growing up and getting older now. Oh, yeah. I got new ones. Yeah, have you run into anybody that, you know, later got and told you? I got so a guy who's an FBI guy, and now he says, you know, your magic shoe. The coach over at Orange Coast College, Marco Ochoa, was part of our magic shoe program 20 years ago. Really? Yeah, they're here. They're all over the place. That's just absolutely amazing. Some of them are amazing. school teachers. Some of them are not. You know, they're they win every direction. It's just like normal life. Some of them, you know, went into to, to school, and some of them didn't. Some of them went into gangs, and some of them didn't. They just we're not gonna. I'm not gonna try to make their future for them. Right. I'm gonna try to help them decide on their own futures. In move like in the, I wish I could say everybody, but I can't. You're a coach, yeah. and that's part of the deal. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I just want to say thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to Noreen. Oh, yeah, Noreen. Noreen, could you say hi, Noreen? Because she is so happy that, that you are on the air and that we were going to meet and talk and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, I just Noreen, we had to get a booster chair for her the first time I met her. We all went to a restaurant. We are all sitting down. She's so short, we had to get a booster chair for her so she could enjoy her meal. You know, I'm glad we got that in. And, yeah. <laughs> and with that note, I just want to say thank you very much. And this has been Paula. Was good uh, for off the couch for those of you sitting on the fence about getting off the couch, and you're listening to 88.9 FM KUCI in Irvine.